Right, team, favourite time of the week. The football is back and, you know, getting to talk a little bit of a little bit of pre-show, talking the NFL, it's, uh, again, it's the highlight of my week. Um, you're hearing my voice as well with Alex uh, returning to us next week. But, guys, I'm looking at the sheet and it's about our highlights from week one, last week. I mean, I'm still buzzing from it. it it's uh, It's been pretty incredible. Um, Laura, I'm going to throw it straight over to you. Um, a lot to choose from here, but, yeah, what was your highlight from week one in a very dramatic start to the NFL season? What a crazy day. Something I think it was 14 games we had today, and each one of them brought something completely unexpected. My, I have two favorite moments. My first is a little bit trivial, but it has to be the Seahawks social media account. They were absolutely <laughs> on fire today. I don't know if you guys have seen, but the Seahawks are currently sitting at first place in the NFC West. Everyone else in our division lost today. That is an outstanding day to be a Seahawks fan. Don't know how long <laughs> that will last. Um, and then, you know, we hopped onto some of this uh, movie theater drama with a Chris Pine meme. It'll wrapped up quite nicely. Um, coming back from that, look, a moment that I really enjoyed today was Baker's comeback. Now, the Panthers didn't get the win, but I did enjoy seeing him shift into that gear with that 75-yard touchdown late, you know, in the second half. And, you know, he really, he did his job. He marched the Panthers. He got that field goal to put them in, in the lead with, what, just under two minutes to go. Um, the game didn't go the way he would have liked, especially, you know, going back against the Browns, but I was really happy and excited to see that from Baker. Yeah, it it was, it it was very, very dramatic and you can just see the manipulation of the schedule as well from, uh, from the NFL. You've got to love it. Uh, Riley, what about yourself? Um, I also have two now just touching on what Laura just said. Um, the Steelers Bengals. Social media accounts, I saw this this morning. Apparently, the Bengals changed their, like, Twitter bio to um, what are they stealing, um, you know, like a shot at the Steelers. And then after the Bengals' five turnovers, they changed theirs to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a little highlight. Um, but, no, my favourite was actually there's a toss-up between two receivers, um, Jefferson and Devontae Adams, but I'll go with Adams getting more yards in his first game for the Ravens than the entire Green Bay receiving core as a whole. Um, I don't think there's a better day than when the Bears win and the Packers lose. Um, but just that little extra bit, just it just made me so happy. It was uh, it, it was pretty special. Uh, Lara, what about, what about yourself? Uh, again, there was just so much footy. We all consumed... Lots of it. We weren't very productive last week as we got through all the games. But yeah, what was your what was your key takeaway? Yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of what um, Laura and Riley have said. I thought those moments were awesome. Also, that football is back, and there were so many fun surprises across so many games. I think the Saints Falcons game was a highlight for me. Um, seeing Mariota do a little bit, which was very fun, but. I think the moment that I'm going to talk about is to do with the draft. The number one and the number two overall pick, Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, there was a lot of contention as to should Hutchinson have been taken first overall? Was this a big mistake by the Jags? Yes, of course, I'm talking about Jags. And it was great to see today Trayvon Walker get not only a sack and a few, like four tackles, but also an interception. First game, really epic. Aiden Hutchinson, yes, he was up against the best O-line in the league, but I think he had one tackle. So I'm thrilled, gonna- but also just an interesting kind of uh, 
you know, the, the way that scouting talks about Big Ten college kind of, t- it, yeah. Anyway, that was exciting for me. Yeah, I love that. And no, Trayvon, he's been great and great through the preseason. He's just flashed the entire time. They've got a good one there. Uh, look quickly for me, the highlights look a little bit of a, you know, couple uh, as we've, you know, we've, we've all thrown a, a few in. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he's pretty pretty good at football. Just kind of reminded, the, you remember me? I kind of know how to do this thing. He was unbelievable. Tyreek Hill, who that was a very, very special performance from Patrick Mahomes. And the other one was Brian Dable for the New York Jets. The Jet, the, sorry, the New York Giants. The Giants have been so sad, so sorry, so depressing to watch. Uh, they play so negative. Uh, not under Dable. You know, he was, you know, 20 to 19. They just scored the touchdown. They could have, um, you know, obviously kicked the one pointer to equal it up, but they went for the two pointer. Saquon, hey, looking a little bit like old Saquon and getting it done with a two-pointer. Um, Titans kicker missing the kick, uh, just to add a little bit more spice to that. So there we go. Plenty of drama in week one. I'm sure there'll be even more in week two. So let's get into it and kick off the show. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NFL Show Season 2, Episode 40. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we almost got a full house. We got Laura, we got Riley, and we got Lara. Alex will be back on the mic next week. Uh, but, you know, guys, we don't have any time to waste. Let's dive straight into Week 2 of the NFL. We're going to jump into our first segment, The Breakdown, and feature two of our key games for the week ahead. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to you for our first feature game. Here we go. Another blockbuster clash in the AFC West as we see the Kansas City Chiefs coming up against the LA Chargers. Uh, Laura, take it away. This is going to be an epic game. I think we really need to note on the show that Patrick Mahomes did not get sacked today. And I think that's something really important. You know, that's probably the only O-line that showed a little bit of strength today. And I think Travis Kelsey, that's going to be the number one connection for them going through this team. You know, he averaged 15 yards a, a reception today and I just think it's going to continue to go from strength to strength and that's where their strength's going to lie it's not going to be in the run game we might see little slippets but I just think that's going to be their bread and butter is that Mahomes to Kelsey connection yeah a hundred percent I think that's a really key thing although you know I mean Mahomes can scramble like nobody else and then like you said throw these little underarm sort of tosses and 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 what have you um I'm gonna you know, go rogue and start talking about the charges because no, do <laughs> it. they deserve it. Let's give them some love. Um, yeah, talk to me about Herbert. Because how damn exciting to see a defense again. A that's brilliant. Derek Carr ran for his life today and got sacked so many times. Um, Derwin James is back, got paid a lot of money, which is great to see. Um, I'm sure that <clears throat> Riley has something to say about Cleo Max, so I'm going to leave that one for, for you. But I am not only thrilled about their um, some of the rookies that they've brought on, um, which I think is, is quite exciting, but I think there's a new colour scheme in L.A. I don't know about this, but the Chargers' pants looked different. 
<laughs> they look a little bit more, I don't know, fiery, zesty, not so pale, a bit more kind of oomph and primary colour to them. And I think it's giving them quite the edge, uh, maybe better quads. This, they're so, I don't e- know. They're so they extra. Be, they I- need to be hitting harder and I'm into it. I think there's a lot of uh, marketing groups that, that go into the, uh, the the colour palette of uh, of the LA Chargers. But, uh, Laura, talk to us a little bit more about the LA Chargers. Um, you know, they've always been talented. They've always been thereabouts. They've been that franchise heading into um, – heading headfirst into the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, Kelsey – Patrick Mahomes, typically you would you would expect the Chargers to not be um, competitive. What is different about the LA Chargers uh, this season? Other than their pants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, look, you've got Justin Herbert at the gun, and I think that's a key part to this Chargers offense. I think, though, what's disappointing is this injury to Keenan Allen. I think that's something that's going to need to be closely monitored because – they're going to run out of options soon. You know, you've got Sony Michelle, who's a little bit past his prime in some respects. Um, you know, I just, sorry, Russia, not receiver. Um, but I was really excited to see Gerald Everett today. I think he really showed out the tight end. He was in Seattle last season, didn't really do much, didn't perform, but he's really kind of worked into this offense. And so I think what they can take into Kansas is spreading the ball around, getting at some movement, trying some different plays. Um, and just really keeping this Kansas City defense on its toes. Yeah, and I think there's going to have to be a big game for Mike Williams. It's time to sort of earn that pay packet. So obviously with with Keenan, you know, going down, um, you know, it's obviously his opportunity. All right, Riley, we've teased it enough. It's time for you to talk to us a little bit about a former bear, um, Khalil Mack. Now, he's 31 years of age, but uh, you wouldn't have known that, uh, judging by his week one performance. He looked 21. Talk to me a little bit about Mac because, wow, that was unbelievable. And you could only imagine uh, the stressful week that Mahomes is going to have thinking about what he's about to run into in this one. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously disappointed that he's left the Bears. Um, I think when you're such a good player and you don't have somebody to compliment you um, on the same side of the ball, it always becomes difficult for you to make big plays. And it just showed here... Um, Joey Bosa, uh, yeah, Joey Bosa, obviously, you know, big time lineman on the Chargers, always makes a splash. He's got Khalil Mack now, who was regarded as MVP at one point in his career. Uh, first game, six tackles, three sacks, three tackles for a loss. He got a, I think it was the game stealing sack fumble against Carr. Like he was just in prime, prime mode. And as much as it hurts, um, I find it like I find NFL so easy to like a player but hate a team. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's where like you have to be to respect their game kind of thing. Um, I feel like I do that with the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> each and every year. I'm like, I like you, I like you, but no, I, I'm not a. Not yeah. a, a, not an America's team, that's for sure. Well, you, you know, obviously, um, you know, Laura, I, know, I think that was a good point you, you raised earlier about, hey, the Keenan Allen um, uh, injury is a little bit of a disappointment because I think what is different about the Chargers heading into this one is they do feel a little bit more balanced. We've spoken about this defense. Is it one of the best in the competition? Possibly. Uh, but, again, there's, there is a little bit of question marks around their receiving core, and they did have a little bit of, um, you know, they did have some issues running the football as well. So, look, it's it's going to be an unbelievable clash, and at the end of the day, it may just fall back to 
who's going to produce the ridiculous, uh, you know, plays in those final minutes in that fourth quarter? Is it going to be Justin Herbert? Is it going to be Patrick Mahomes? Uh, you know, that's the question we've got to ask ourselves. And I hand it over to Lara for our predictions. No sitting on the fence. It's time to offer up our, our predictions. Where are you going here? You're going to go LA or KC? Okay, my heart is charges all the way, baby. And I'm going to say the Chiefs will win about 35 to 32. Yeah, yeah. We really, really want the Chargers to win. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, look, it, it's, I find it very, very difficult to tip against KC. I feel like every time I do it, Patrick Mahomes embarrasses me. But I just feel like this is... This is going to be this is going to be difficult uh, for for Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go the upset here. I'm going to go Chargers. I, I think they get it done um, by three points. Riley, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to ride the Chargers train. I reckon. I reckon the the strength of their defense. Um, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. He just couldn't make he couldn't make the, the the throws he usually does. So I think with the pressure that they're going to put on him, that I think Herbert will end up just getting those extra extra downs and extra points and pick them like twenty four twenty one or something. Laura, you get the final say on this one. What are you thinking? This, this is this is you know honestly a bit of a fifty fifty one because we know the talent mm-hmm. of both teams. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. I think, you know, the Chargers don't have the offensive production to really challenge that Chiefs offense at the moment with that Keenan Allen injury especially. Um, you know, we might see some flashes. I might be wrong, but I just think uh, Mahomes is going to take this one by at least a score, maybe two. All right, there we go. We'll uh, we'll have to keep an eye on our tips uh, heading into this season. Uh, my track record's not so great, so we'll see how we go. All right, team, well, let's flip it over to our next feature game, and it is an absolute beauty, another division rivalry as we see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come up against the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady, uh, again, continuing to do his thing uh, at 63 years of age. Very, very impressive. Also coming up against the New Orleans Saints. Also coming up against the New Orleans Saints, who, guys, are undefeated. You know, yes, there's only been one game, but here we are, 1-0. They obviously get the narrow victory um, over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Let's start with the Saints because they were a very confusing football team heading into the preseason. There was a lot of moving parts. Um... Lara, probably start with you because, you know, you've obviously, you know, talked up the Saints quite a lot. You've sort of been in that camp. So I'll hand it over to you to talk a little bit of Jameis and, uh, yeah, New Orleans football. Pain. Pain, man. Pain. That's all there is. Pain. The hurt's so good. Um, Jameis is hilarious. Uh, I was really... I'm devastated for the Falcons because I thought they also played quite well, even though the ball security across the board in this game was awful. Um, I'm I'm into the Saints having won. I have picked them for 12 wins this season. So, like, you know, that's good. Um, Michael Thomas, I think he's back. I think he looks pretty good. Um, oh, my God, Riley is like, who are you? What are you doing? This is terrible. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited by uh, some of the moves that they're making and they didn't seem to have a huge drop-off with a new coach um, and I didn't mind Jameis Winston either. Um, so, yeah, Laura. 
Yeah, I mean, just to add on, Jameis did not have an intercept today, everyone, which I think is a huge achievement. He needs one of those primary school certificates to celebrate that fact. <laughs> um, you know, a bit of a game that was all over the place, really. Um, the Saints only really pulled together in the second half when Michael Thomas decided to wake up. I think Jarvis Landry put in a great performance coming back to NOLA. Um, really exciting to see what came out of him. I know my fantasy uh, stats were telling me that he's a flex slash bench option and then he outscored all my other guys today. So that was a bit disappointing. But, you know, really disappointing production today from Alvin Kamara. And, you know, why is Taysom Hill the number one rusher by quite let's, a while? That's let's talk just... Taysom. Let, let, let's dive into it because don't you love <sighs> this time of year where literally the coaching staff and everyone tries to throw you off and say, look, Taysom, he's just going to sort of work out, you know, be a little bit of a tight end option for us. And yet you hit week one and they can't even, they, they can't even pretend anymore. It, it, he is running the ball, receiving, uh, you know, I, I think there's still a few people in the locker room that would probably like to see him at QB, um, possibly even coaching. I mean, there's just so much love in the house at the moment for Taysom Hill. He is, um, he epitomizes, uh, you know, that, that gadget style of player. Um, pretty incredible. Riley, um, let's talk a little bit about this matchup because it's weird, right? When the Bucks are a great team and the Saints are not so good, the Saints still win every time. They are the Bucks' kryptonite. They're a bit of a bogey team. Where, where do you sort of sit in this one? Because, you know, the Bucks have pulled back a little bit. That offensive line was, you know, we'll get into the Bucks shortly, but they've had some struggles. But, yeah, what's your thoughts on the Saints uh, heading into this one? Um, well, I hate both teams, so I really don't want either of them to really have a good... Gotta <laughs> <laughs> um, love Riley. <laughs> I think the I think the Bucks are going to end up winning out like this game anyway. Um, I just I I had the same the same like note like how is Taysom Hill who had four carries your number one rusher for the day with a touchdown over Kamara who's supposed to be like a three down back like I just I don't understand that I don't agree with your comment of Michael Thomas being back. Um, slant boy, he will forever be slant boy for me. <laughs> Two touchdowns today were like a quick slant and like a hitch and out thing. Um, I love seeing Landry um, kill it again. Um, there is something about the way he plays. Like I remember watching him, him and OBJ back at LSU, like doing like drills where they would fire the 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 machine to shoot the ball at them and they would catch it one-handed like practicing and just to see him in that kind of zone again is so awesome um but I think even with Godwin's injury with the Bucks um I think Mike Evans will come out pretty explosive next week um and Leonard Fournette he was playoff Lenny today and it's week one like he was absolutely steamrolling over people through people like that's what his game style is and if he can keep that going, unfortunately, I think that's going to be really good for the boss. He's been on the treaty, uh, that's for sure. But no, look, I agree with you guys. Like in terms of looking at the Saints, it doesn't really make sense as to how they're able to sort of get the job done. You know, some of these players, they were sort of peaking five years ago. You know, some of these guys are getting a little bit older now. But, you know, we'll get to some of the teams that are absolutely running the air out of the football. You know, I'm talking about running backs that are getting 20 or 30 carries and you know, you look at Kamara, nine carries, really, like, you know, and, and you can see what they're trying to do. Sometimes they don't have a lot of faith that they can get their lead guy through a 17-game season, so they try and load manage already, and you saw that um, in week one. 
Whereas fans, that they just want to see, you know, the teams give it their absolute all to try and get the job done. But anyway, Saints get it done, but they're heading into a, a much different proposition um, against the Bucks. So uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Laura, just quickly to you, Brady wasn't really happy last week. Uh, not going to get into the off-field stuff, but let's keep it on the field. That offensive line, we predicted, obviously, there would be challenges there was that and much, much more against the Dallas Cowboys, and he was not happy. Um, you could imagine things are pretty tense this week as they try and prepare for a Saints defense that, you know, is absolutely, excuse me, is going to be absolutely gunning for Brady. Yeah, I mean, Brady would not be, would actually be great to play in a game of poker because he can't keep his emotions to himself, as we've seen. Um, that offensive line, I mean, they've had problems for years now. They ha- it hasn't been addressed in full. And I think that injury to the left tackles going to seriously hinder. They don't have the depth. So it's going to be really interesting when they come up against the Saints this week. Look, Brady's disappointed. He doesn't, you know, you've got Cameron Braid out there who's not producing, not performing. And he's really, I think, starting to miss his players like Gronk. You know, Julio Jones looked outstanding out in the field today. He looks like his younger self. You know, he was taking those hits, getting back up. He was running up, I think, to about 20 miles per hour for one of his, I think, over 40-yard receptions today. He just looked incredible. Brady needs those types of players. And I think, you know, he tries to spread the ball around. He tries to make as much happen for himself as he can from within the pocket. And when his O-line isn't performing like they haven't been, it's, it's a tough game for Brady. So, you know, he only got sacked twice today, but I think he's nervous about what's to come, especially if this O-line can't hold up a feather you know and the the other thing that again we've got to stay in the moment we've got to stay in this season the other thing I'm a little bit worried about with Tampa is their future as well just Mm. once Tom Brady steps away you look at this the offensive side of the ball and and uh anyway injury concerns some of the players getting a little bit older um and, and a little bit of inconsistency as well a play that's great one week won't be great the next. So, you know, you're looking at guys like Mike Evans, Julio, um, Russell Gate, you know, they're going to have to, you know, produce each and every week. And then that's, you know, obviously going to help Tampa who, look, you know, Brady's great. You know, he gets rid of the ball as, as quick as anyone um, in the league, but, you know, he can only do that so much. A um, little bit of doom and gloom chat there, Lara, for Tampa's offense, but the same cannot be said for the defense. They are outstanding against the Dallas Cowboys. It just seems like same old, same old when it comes to Tampa. The new head coach, you know, obviously he's he's in control of things, and it's weird. We've got a Tom Brady team now who's really more defined by their defense. Talk to me about, you know, some of the key players there because, um, again, Saints are outstanding from the defensive side. The Bucks they'll be doing the same. Yeah, I think it probably will come down to a defensive matchup and it's it's a tricky thing. Uh, I'll be interested to see whether or not the Bucks defense uh, stands up and holds up. I feel like they had moments last, last season where they were quite good and then moments where they really dropped off. Um, and I, even though nobody has any faith in Michael Thomas or <laughs> um, Mark Ingram or anything uh, in the Saints offense. I actually think they, I think a lot of the reason why they win against the Bucks so regularly is because defensively they are consistent against them, but they also seem to be able to work them, work the Bucks offensively as well. Um, I am interested to see next week whether or not the Bucks are going to be able to stem the tide 
Um, and like, I think you're right. You know, the offensive line stuff with Brady, of course, he's going to be scrambling around like a very, very angry young person. Um, cause he's very young, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I'm really, I think, it, I think to get over the saints, I'm picking the saints, but to get over the saints, their defense needs to step up really, really heavily. And I don't think they're going to. Yeah, no, it's it's a good it's a good call, and you know, keeping an eye on the secondary as well because you know Tampa obviously can be got there, but obviously their their defensive front is pretty pretty very impressive. You know, one of the yeah, it's, it's going to be an impressive battle. So there we go, Laura. Um, you know, Riley's obviously showed her cards and and Lara in terms of where they're going. They're on opposing sides in terms of where they think this game's going to finish. Um, yeah, what's your prediction heading into this one and? Again, you know, we're not at a stage where we're saying these are these are key matches, but one and oh, you know, these these teams want to continue to roll. What's your thoughts? I really don't know with this one. Um, you know, as we all know, the Bucks have a terrible track record with the Saints. Um, I think the Saints have a lot they need to figure out on the offensive side of the ball. Heck, everyone's got a lot they have to figure out on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I do think that Tampa has showed us today that they do have the tools and they do have the parts that it takes to beat the Saints team convincingly. They just have to get that together and they have to stay healthy. That Chris Goblin injury, that's a blow. And, you know, hopefully that that, that can turn around and it won't be as bad as his ACL, MCL last season. Or, But, yeah, I'm going to go with Bucks. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Tom Brady gets it done. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be pretty tight. I think it's going to look a little bit ugly. Uh, I think it's going to look a lot ugly, actually. I think it's going to be a bit of a defensive um, slog fest, but Brady gets it done uh, late there in the fourth quarter. All right, team, let's have a look at the rest of the games in rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is sitting in closing time. Maybe that's what you're all right, team, let's jump into the remaining games uh, for week two, and I'll kick us off with the Arizona Cardinals taking on uh, the LA Raiders, but, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders, I should say. Now, both teams, obviously, um, you know, not getting the job done um, in that first week, so both will be desperate uh, to turn things around. Look, I'm going to keep it pretty short and sweet here. I, I think this is the Raiders game without they're able to bounce back, um, I've Felt like I saw a little bit more from them. Uh, I thought Derek Carr didn't handle pressure, but again, we spoke about the charges, uh, you know, defense and what that kind of looks like. I think it's going to be a much easier prospect from him. So I think this is going to be a big bounce back game for him. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm with Laura. I'm quite concerned about what I just witnessed from the Cardinals. Um, you know, last week that was that was not good on on either sides. I think Kyler Murray he'll obviously improve as well, um, but across the board, I just feel like the Raiders have got the better roster there. So Raiders get the job done. All right, well, let's move it over to the AFC, and we see the Tennessee Titans coming up against the Buffalo Bills. I hate to say I told you so. Actually, I, I kind of like doing that. But I told you so. Buffalo Bills are the truth. And, you know, it, it's not great saying that as a New England Patriots supporter. In fact, it's absolutely terrifying. Uh, this team will probably put 60 or 70 on New England at this point in time. But, look, this is going to be a little bit of a battle. Um, I think there was a few people um, on this show who have been predicting a little bit of a slide for the Titans and I think we saw that um, in week one. So obviously going down to the Giants, you don't like that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had his moments, but, you know, you, you look at the decision to let go A.J. Brown and I just it just does not make any sense. Um, so Buffalo get the job done there quite easily. 
All right, moving it over to uh, the Commanders. Uh, still not sure about that name as they take on the Detroit Lions. You know, what's to say about both teams? Uh, it is very difficult uh, to stand behind uh, quarterback Carson Wentz. You know, obviously got the job done against the, the Jaguars, but... You know, when it comes to the Detroit, I have no questions, concerns with their offense. I think they're outstanding, but defensively, they're still, um, you know, they're still unable unable to really dominate on that side of the ball, despite some of their star players there. We spoke about Hutchison coming out of the draft as well. I would just love to see a game where the defense absolutely shuts someone out and really sort of uh, complements the the offense because, um, yeah, Jared Goff, he, he's, uh, he's doing his thing. So, look, for me... Look, I'm going to go Detroit. I'm going to, um, yeah, I think Commander's um, defense is pretty serious, but Jared Goff gets the job done there. Uh, yeah, okay, here we go. New England Patriots versus the Steelers. Uh, the Patriots are slower than what I predicted last week, which is very, very surprising. Are we watching this team in slow motion? No. Even when I speed up, the show, it doesn't really do too much. Um, and that offensive line, you know, that was obviously pretty bad. Um, and our inability to protect Mac Jones, um, who got himself injured as well. So Patriots, it is struggle street for them. Pittsburgh Steelers, um, they absolutely should have blew out uh, the Cincinnati Bengals with all of those turnovers. To be honest, it was a little bit of concern that they didn't. They have their own injury concerns as well. Um, I think they're going to have to look at the rookie sooner rather than later. But uh, they certainly have no troubles here with the Patriots. All right, Riley, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about your beloved Bears. Yeah, so obviously Bears had a win, Packers had a loss, yay. Um, And I just Googled the last time the Bears beat Packers. At Packers was apparently 2015. Um, It was Thanksgiving and the night that they retired Brad Favre's jersey. I feel like if we cannot beat them now, we we're not going to do that again. They literally have no one to throw to. Rogers was Rogers literally got destroyed today, and he was so frustrated. And yes, they were missing their two starting tackles. I think Bakhtiari was out, but this is like the Bears' prime opportunity to go two and zero to beat the Packers. Like, just kick off that rivalry again. Um, I don't know if we will. I'm still not set on the Bears. I, they're explosive, yes, but I, I don't know. I'm still very hesitant, um, but I am going to say that they, I'm going to do it. They're going to get it. They're going to get the win. It's going to make me very happy. Um, with the Bengals versus Cowboys, I think the Bengals have lucked out in Prescott being out. Um, Danucci's not a terrible backup. I think that's who got the start today. It might have um, been Cooper Rush. Oh, it was Rush. Oh, but, Either one, they're not terrible. Um, I think there's a few starting quarterbacks that are worth in other teams. Um, but Zeke wasn't running that hard. Pollard didn't get as many um, touches that I was expecting him to get today. I don't know if that was just because they obviously had to go to the air so um, because of they were down by so much. But I think Bengals um, recover and beat the Cowboys quite convincingly. Um I don't think we'll see another five turnovers from them. Um, And I think their ground game will go a bit stronger um, against the Dallas um, D-line as well. Um, So I'm going to go Bengals in that one. And then Dolphins, Ravens. Um, As much as I hate him, I think that Jackson's going to get the win over the Dolphins. Um, 
I watched Tua throw a ball about 15 yards to the middle of the ground. It was not today. good. Wide open receiver, literally just standing there, and there was no pressure. There was no – like, it was just one of the worst throws. So I can only imagine what's going to happen when he comes up against a pretty decent defense in the Ravens, and he's probably going to be scrambling for his life, and that ball's going – into the hands of a DB, 100%. Yeah, I think uh, I think Tyreek's missing uh, missing old Mahomes, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, he thinks he's more accurate or just as accurate as Mahomes. It's like, okay, no, it's a lie. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. He's just uh, staring at all that money, uh, which helps him sleep at night. Uh, Lara, I'm going to throw it over to you, um, kicking it off with your beloved Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, thank you so much for bringing up the Jaguars. The thing about being a Jags fan is that <clears throat> we get thrilled when it's not just hideous. <laughs> so even though we lost today, it was actually a very good game for us compared to what we have seen for the last two years. So several things. The Colts have not won at home in Jacksonville for almost a decade. That's quite good for us. Uh, two, I think that we, I think that the Jags have a lot of capacity and they beat themselves in drop passes, drop touchdowns, penalties all over the place, kicking issues. So if that can all get cleaned up, uh, I think they sweep the Colts actually. Oh my God. I can't believe I said that. It's not going to happen. Whatever. <laughs> uh, then on to, I think I also want to talk a little bit about the Eagles, um, versus the Vikings, uh, if anybody is interested out there listening, if anybody's interested in offensive line play, get to the Eagles and watch their offensive line. Oh my God, they are so damn good. The way they could run the ball today. And also Jalen Hurts is going to be hellish. AJ Brown, I think he had a lot of interceptions for a hundred billion yards and yards after catch. Uh, it's just, it's going to be, Fabulous all season. And the only reason that I pause and say something about the Vikings is that um, Justin Jefferson is something else. His work today is was really, really good. I think the Eagles take it fairly comfortably, but I don't think the Vikings are going to be fully drowned. Uh, and then the Texans and the Broncos. Who knows what the Broncos are going to be like? Probably awful. Um, and so I think the Texans are going to be the upset win of next week. Uh, I'm absolutely rooting for them. I think they did such great things today. Again, not expected to perform um, across the year, and I am totally rooting for them to be the surprise uh, team of the year. I think even Lovey Smith was a little bit surprised at that uh, draw against the Colts. He, he didn't exactly know what to do with himself. But um, all right, there we go. And Laura, just to round us off, let's head to Atlanta. All right, that's an easy one for me. I think the Rams taking that game, not even a question on it. I think, you know, even though they lost to the Bills, they lost to the number one team in the league, I think they still showed some amazing offensive skills. I think they've they've got a solid defense. I think Bobby Wagner's just going to come more into his own as the season progresses. I think it's an easy win. Um, you know, I think I agree with Lara that the Broncos are going to lose because they're going to be coming off such a tough loss in Seattle tomorrow. Yeah, they're just not going to be able to get it together for next week. Um, so, you know, it's sad that we haven't seen Seattle play yet. It would have been nice to be on here and gloating. I'll save that for next week. 
Um, but I do think Seattle take it over the 49ers next week. Um, we haven't seen them play yet, so I might be eating my words. But the 49ers had 12 penalties today for 99 yards. I mean, they were an absolute mess. And, you know, Trey Lance, you kind of expect him to be a little bit inconsistent, to be making a few mistakes. Um, but he can't do that when the rest of his team isn't performing and isn't pulling it together, especially once again, that O-line didn't look flash today. Um, I'm really excited to see Seattle. I really think we're going to pull some magic out somewhere with some few players that will actually win the game, especially against the 49ers. Panthers, Giants, Saquon looked good today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I regretted not drafting him in my fantasy. Um, but I do think the Panthers have it next week. I think, you know, Baker showed some exciting promise. And I think Christian McCaffrey is going to go from strength to strength. And, you know, this was his first game. He's not game fit yet. Um, so I think he's going to just continue to get better. And, you know, even though the Giants had a great looking game today, I think Saquon, you know, as I have said, looked amazing, but I don't think they're going to continue that throughout the season. Um, so that's an easy one for me. Panthers, last but not least, Jets and the Browns. I can't stand the Browns. I really wish that they would lose, but I saw a quote today that said the Jets don't have a Joe Flacco problem. They have an everything problem. And that pretty much sums it up. There is nothing <laughs> positive coming out of there. It's just a nightmare. They converted, I think, two of 14 third downs today. Um, you know, I think everyone's going to be wanting Mike White to come in as the third quarterback, but they're not going to get that. They're going to be stuck with Joe Flacco. Robert Saleh, I was so excited to see him as a head coach, but it's just been exceptionally disappointing. So, Sadly, that'll be another another Browns win, 2-0. So that's me real quick. Go Seahawks tomorrow. Yeah, there we go. And, um, you know, we've also got Alex's underdog tips of the week. So we'll uh, keep a tally of them as well and report them back as we go along. Again, uh, something that I've always sort of struggled with. So uh, anyway, we'll see if I can turn that around this year. All right, team, that's all the time we have. Just want to thank the amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things uh, NFL. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your ongoing support. How can you continue to support us? It's simple. Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports. And until next week, we'll catch you then.